is the Who Dat Discussion, a New Orleans Saints podcast where we talk about all Saints news, opinions, and reactions. So, I mean, the Saints played an amazing game on Sunday against the Eagles as they won 48-7. to And, you know, they're going to have a short turnaround and play versus the Falcons. This episode is going to have a recap of Saints-Eagles and also the preview of Saints-Falcons. So we have a lot in store for you for this episode as we are, you know, just packed with, you know, I mean, both games coming up. Saints obviously played some great football against the Eagles, and I think it's just time to get right into the game. So, Saints did beat the Eagles, as we said, 48-7 to in a complete drubbing of that game. I mean, you know, wire-to-wire victory, obviously. Um, just the way how this game went, the Saints were up 17-0 to start the game. Complete control, basically, from the beginning. Um, you know, they scored more than 10 points in every quarter. Of, you know, this game, 10 or more points, I should say. That's obviously really big there. But, I mean, to continue with our notes, as, you know, the Saints, you know, winning by 41 is the biggest win over a Super Bowl champion, you know, to date since, you know, the Super Bowl has started back in 1967. But, I mean, Michael Thomas has his first 1,000-yard season. That's obviously, you know, you got to give it to Mike Thomas, who has just been great this season. Austin Carr caught his first touchdown pass. That's another really good note. Um, also, Chris Banjo had his first and second interception, so that's really big there. Drew Brees became the first QB to have back-to-back, you know, 150-plus QBR rating in this game. A huge performance by Breeze. Another MVP performance. We'll get on it later. But that, I mean, to me, is just a tremendous note. Also, the Saints are the first team in NFL history to score 40 points in 10 game, uh, 40 points in 6 out of 10 games. Excuse me there. And then also, Saints had 446 yards, 28 first downs. That is just amazing. I mean, these stats are astonishing. And, you know, they've put it up for a couple of weeks now. That's just amazing stuff there. Also, you got to look at now the Saints have scored 45 or more points in three straight games, you know, and that's the first time the Saints have ever done that, so that's a franchise record there. I mean, I think it's only only three other NFL teams did it. I think it was the 2007 Patriots, and I think a team from, like, the 1960s, I think it was the Rams in 1960s. So, I mean, look, these stats, just amazing stuff, especially the offense. Really, really good stuff. The defense played really good, too. I mean, we'll get into that a little later. I mean, now the Saints are ranked 15th and 16th on defense. But um, overall, really good job by the Saints there. Also, going into our storylines, I mean, we're going to go over the three storylines that, you know, we were looking at coming into the game. So we'll see how the Saints did. First storyline from last episode was Saints wide receivers. You know, how are they going to play against a banged up? secondary for the Eagles and the Saints wide receivers here did an amazing job from Michael Thomas to Traquan Smith to Austin Carr to Keith Kirkwood these guys play very very strong just looking at the stats um the wide receivers obviously Traquan Smith biggest game of his career here with 10 catches 157 yards, and a TD, and he also had 13 targets. That's a really good, you know, measure for him. He got a lot of 
um, you know, receptions a lot of, on a lot of targets. So I think that's good for him there. Also, Michael Thomas, four catches, 92 yards. He had a TD, not as much as Thomas. They were blanking him a little bit. And, um, you know, they were really trying to take away Thomas and Kamara. But um, it didn't really work even. I mean, they did it, but then the Saints just went to other guys. So I think that was big there. Keith Kirkwood, three catches, 33 yards. That was big. And then also Austin Carr had a catch for a TD. So I think that's also big things there. I mean, look, the way they were able to capitalize off of mistakes by, you know, the secondary, but not even like mistakes, but obviously Breeze made some amazing throws, but the wide receivers stepped up big time. They got open on third downs. They got open on deep plays, especially Traquan Smith. So that was just really great to see from the wide receivers. So that storyline, I mean, complete you know, A-plus for the Saints because they came out and they completely demoralized the Eagles' cornerbacks and secondary, really. Um, even late, a lot of them are getting frustrated. Former Saint Malcolm Jenkins was really frustrated with his defense slamming his helmet against the uh, the turf in the dome. So he was not happy, but really good job by the Saints there. Our second storyline was... Will Philly come out with a sense of urgency? And they really didn't. So they kind of did because they had a good game plan, but not they didn't couldn't execute it. So to me, that's not that much of a sense of urgency. Um, their scripted plays didn't even work against the Saints, who are usually prone to you know uh, those scripted plays. And the Saints had the game plan going against these scripted plays, and they made some really nice plays. Um, Demario Davis had a big run stop in, in like the first play of the game. It was a really nice play by him. Um, and then the second play, PJ Williams stepped up. It was an open Golden Tate, but PJ Williams tipped it, so you know it altered the pass. And then on third down, we were able to stop them on a screen pass. But that first drive, they really didn't come out with a lot of sense of urgency. I think that has a lot to do with the Saints' defense, who played very, very strong. So I mean, look to me, this is the best all-around win that the Saints have had, and the Eagles are no pushover. You know, they're the defending Super Bowl champion, so they're a really good team, and I think the Saints came out, you know, at home defending the Dome, and they just did an amazing job, and they really didn't let Philly even get to a close game. The sense of urgency for them really could never got high because it wasn't really a close game for long there, so, I mean, just a great job by the Saints to be able to stop any momentum that Philly had throughout the game, so I think that was really big there and on to our third and final storyline is the improvement in the Saints secondary going to continue and coming into that game I think that was a big question they played really good against Cincinnati they've been getting better and better throughout the year and this is a huge yes they played their best game here by far I mean you can't even really compare it to any other game they obviously played really good against Cincy but this is a really good wide receiver core and they stepped up Marshawn Lattimore was amazing basically shutting down all Sean Jeffrey. He had a big pick to really, you know, get the momentum in Saints in the Saints' favor, excuse me. And also the way Eli Apple, how he played was huge for the Saints. Also, I mean, the way he was able to stop Nelson Aguilar on the deep balls, that was really big there. And then also PJ Williams stepped up for like the third straight week, maybe in the fourth straight week. He is just looking amazing. It's really since that Vikings game, it looked like it was a glimmer of hope. He got beat early, but then he had the pick six. And really since that pick six, he's been very, very solid. I mean, he has the pick. He has a lot of pass defense. And, you know, he stopped Golden Tate, 
to only five catches and 48 yards on eight targets. That's good. That is really good, and especially a lot of that was in garbage time. That's what you want to see from PJ there. Also, you know, Von Bell, got to give it to him, who was guarding, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league, Zach Ertz. That was obviously really big there. And then also, um, Marcus Williams had some nice plays. I mean, look, when the Saints um, secondary really is in chemistry and now I think they're fully together. They are on the same page. It's going to be hard to beat. This whole team looks on the same page. And they are a very tight-knit group. So I think the Saints are going to be hard to beat just because, you know, their sense of togetherness, they feel like they're all on the same page. And I think that's really what we've gotten out from the secondary and the team as a whole. So now on to our group-by-group group recap. And first, we're going to start with QB. We're going to rate, you know, how Breeze played, you know, A, to F. I mean, obviously, he played at the A-plus level, but we'll do that for the QB, skill position players, O-line, the defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary. So we'll start with Breeze in the QB, and he gets an A-plus, A-plus, plus, plus, you know, basically the highest grade you can give Breeze. He was outstanding. He was 22 of 30, 363 yards, four TDs, and now he has 25 touchdowns to only one interception. In this game, he had a QBR of 153.8, um, you know, breaking the record with the passing uh, passing um, rating, excuse me, back-to-back games. So that was big there. I mean, he completely outplayed Wentz, who just played awful. And that was partly because the Saints defense played really good. They got pressure on him. We'll get into that later. But Breeze, another MVP performance. If he is not at the top of your list for MVP, there's just something wrong with you. I mean, I don't even think you could put Mahomes at the top right now. Breeze is playing like the best QB in football, hands down. And I just don't see anyone right now stopping him. He's been completely dominant as of late. And uh, to me, that's what the MVP is. He's winning football games. He's doing amazing in them. He's taking care of the football. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he has... 27 total touchdowns to only one interception. I mean, that's amazing. Any QB right now. I mean, look, 27 total touchdowns. I think Mahomes has like 30-something total touchdowns. I know he has 31 passing touchdowns. I don't know how much rushing touchdowns he has. But if Mahomes is only a little bit ahead of him, I mean, it's not even, to me, a question that Breeze is better. He is the best you know, passer rating in history right now if the season would end today. Obviously, there's a lot more season left to play, but Breeze has just been outstanding. Now on to our skill position group, and got to give them an A here. They play really good. Breeze spread the ball out really good, and the whole group did an amazing job. You know, from top to bottom, Michael Thomas played a really good game. He got over 1,000 yards for the season. You know, got to look at the running game. was just amazing with... Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, really good stuff there. And also, you got to look at the way that Traquan Smith played, Keith Kirkwood, Dan Arnold, Austin Carr, just an amazing job from this group. Really nice job to step up with Breeze, you know, playing amazing, spreading the ball around as, you know, they were trying to cover Mike Thomas, trying to cover Alvin Kamara, and a lot of guys did a really good job stepping up, so you got to give him an A. The O-line, I'll give him an A+, plus. controlled the line of scrimmage completely, running the ball, passing the ball, um, gave up zero sacks. Um, really, against this passing front, which is really good, they have a good, you know, line, especially when it gets to, you know, rushing the quarterback, and they did an amazing job. You know, you got to give it up to Jermon Bushrod, who was amazing in relief of Armstead here. I mean, just against a very elite pass rush and a very elite, you know, Michael Bennett, players like that, you know, he was completely stymied 
by um, Bushrod. So that's a really good job. Looking at the defense, starting with the D line, they're going to get an A here. They were just really dominant as well. Constant pressure on Wentz. I mean, there were three sacks by Alex Okafor, Sheldon Rankins, and then also Craig Robertson. But you got to look at their ability to get pressure and stop the run. It was just a really good performance. Cameron Jordan was getting constant pressure. I know he didn't get to the QB, and he was a little upset by that. But he played really good. Alex Okafor played really good. So, I mean, got his first sack of the season. That was really solid. And then also, um, you got to give it off to Trey Hendrickson, who played pretty good as well, I feel. And then the middle, just an amazing job from Sheldon Rankins, Tyler Davidson, David Onyemata, and Taylor Stallworth. They just played really good against the run. Another game with sub 60 yards rushing. Got to give it to our rushing game there. The linebackers, you got to also give them an A. They played really good. Amazing job. They stopped Ertz really good. Um, they stopped the run really good. It's just amazing job. Got to give it to Demario Davis setting the tone on the first play. AJ Klein continue his good season, and Alex Anzalone another very solid game. He's really coming to his own as well. He's been able to go sideline style sideline, excuse me, stopping the run. So and the pass, he's been really just a very solid player, especially in zone in the passing game and the run game. I mean, shooting gaps, stuff like that, blitzing. He's been really good at. He's so fast. I mean, him and Davis, the force to be reckoned with with those two they played really good onto the secondary they had their best game of the year i'm gonna finally give them an a their first a of the season i mean three picks eight pass defenses they stopped an electric group of wide receivers stopped a really good quarterback in carson wentz um Lattimore looks amazing eli apple looking really good pj williams i know we talked about it earlier so i'll just you know, go over them you know a little quicker just an amazing job you gotta give it to this group you know gotta give dennis allen applause just, I mean, amazing job, and you know, but they can't let up. Got to play really good against next week because you got Julio Jones coming into the dome, and he is always a force to be reckoned with. So keep getting better, and you know, that's what you want to see. You know, I think they're playing really good right now. And then onto our last group is coaching and special teams, and you got to give them an A. Special teams is amazing. I mean, they didn't really play that much. They had a little trouble in the beginning, um, with a couple of kick returns, but after that, they were very strong. Will Lutz and Thomas Morstead, when they got on the field, they were, you know, solid as they always are. You know, kick return, punt return, good job there. And also the coaching. Sean Payton getting his guys to play so hard throughout the game, especially keeping, you know, the pressure on them, even when you're up by a lot. I think that's really big there. I mean, everyone thinks he's running up the score. No, he's not. You know, you got to do that. You got to make sure you win these games. There's only 16 of them. You cannot let up any games. And he did let up at the very end with like six minutes to go, brought in Teddy Bridgewater. So to me, no problem there. Good job by Sean Payton. Dennis Allen got to give the job that he's done coaching this defense. A lot of great blitzes this game. Just an amazing job coaching from him. He, I think he's really hit his stride with this defense. Now he knows what he's working with there. So that will wrap up our talk with um, Saints and Eagles, an amazing game. Got to give it to everyone, the preparation that was put in. And they still want more. They are craving perfection. And obviously, perfection is going to be really hard to get. But they really want it. And they feel like there's still stuff to work on. As many people may not think it, they do. Drew Brees said he still has things to work on. Cameron Jordan said things to work on. Those are the captains of the team. Sean Payton have said that they need to work on things. It's, you know, and even you're looking at what Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara said in their joint interview, it's not over. It's just begun. They have the right message. They've been taught the right way. They're battle-tested, and 
I really like what this locker room, the attitude of it, the players, they know that this is only one step. So this team knows what they're trying to get to. And to me, to play really good football, winning nine straight games is nothing to laugh at. First time the Saints have won nine straight games since the 09 season. So that's really big there. So now we're going to transition to our Saints-Falcons preview. So, I mean, this is going to be a jam-packed episode talking about two games. So we're going to switch gears here as we do at the, you know, usually a Friday. This is usually a Friday episode when we preview, but now it's really all into one as this episode will come out on Tuesday. So we are just going to jump right into talking about this game. We'll start with our notes, go to our storylines, and then go by our group-by-group preview as we just did a group-by-group recap. Now we'll do the preview. So, First, some notes. The Saints have an 80.2% chance to win according to the ESPN matchup predictor. I think that's the highest it's been all season. Um, the Saints are 13-point favorites, which is the most the Saints have been favored by for the 2018 season. So that's obviously really big. Now, you know, you have Vegas starting to, you know, buy into us. ESPN starting to buy into us. That's kind of a new thing, you know, for Saints fans. I mean, the Saints have the nine straight wins, as we've talked about. That's a big note, obviously. And the Saint and the, excuse me, the Falcons are coming off of a loss to Dallas on a last-second field goal at home. So that was, you know, bad game for them, you know, bad finish. So, I mean, they're going to come in one of two things, demoralized or you know, ready to play this game. They're kind of playing for their playoff lives like the Eagles were last week. That didn't seem to bother the Saints at all as they just went right down to business. And I would expect the same thing here. Looking at the storylines, I mean, there are really not many questions with this team. How much more can you ask? They've played very well and they've answered a lot of these storyline questions and that's obviously really big. So we do still have a couple of storylines and the first one is Lattimore versus Julio part four. So, you know, you got Marshawn Lattimore, you got Julio Jones, who's going to come out on top. I think Marshawn Lattimore has won the battle more often than not. He had a huge pick against the Falcons when he was guarding Jones. So, I mean, that was really the highlight of Lattimore against Julio. To me, he locked down Julio in the first game and then had to go off him to Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley was going off in the first half, if you remember. And, you know, once Lattimore went off Julio, then Julio started going off. But if they go one-on-one, I think Lattimore has the edge, or at least will stop him a good amount of times. I mean, Julio's having an amazing season. So, I mean, look, I think all you can do is contain him at this point. But I said that about Zach Ertz, and the Saints completely stopped them. So I guess we'll see what's going to happen there. But I like what Lattimore's been doing lately. He's back to that defensive rookie of the year form there. Um, Our next storyline is slow down Matt Ryan. How do you do that? And it's really been to get pressure. Um, Just looking at some stats here, you know, for the team stats, the Falcons have given up the ninth most sacks um, this season. So, if you're going to get to Matt Ryan, you're going to have to get pressure on him. And he's had a really good season. He's leading the league in yards. He's, I think, top three in touchdowns. So Matt Ryan is having a premier season. Hasn't been playing good of late, but he still is a force to be reckoned with. He's not better than Drew Brees, I think. I mean, Drew Brees having a better season by, you know, I think a good amount winning games. Matt Ryan hasn't been able to win, you know, as many games as Breeze. I mean, he only has four wins. Breeze has nine. So he may not be as potent as Breeze. And, you know, I think the... Falcons are not as potent as the Saints, but they're still really good, and you got to stop them. You know, if we're going to win this game and, you know, not maybe be in a huge shootout as maybe a lot of football fans maybe want to see a close game, but a lot of Saints fans want to see, you know, a blowout against their division rivals, and I think to do that, you're going to have to get pressure on Matt Ryan, just like they got pressure on Carson Wentz, and that's going to help the back end, just like it did last week against the Eagles, so that's really big. 
there. And then our final storyline is, can the offense keep up this torrid pace even on a short week? And I think, yeah, Sean Payton's such a mastermind. I think he could still do a lot of new things on a short week. I mean, obviously, the play calling will be a little more simple just because you only have three days to prepare. But still, watch out for the Saints to do all you know the trickery stuff that they do, have Taysom Hill in packages. They're not going to stop that. So I think they can definitely be just as successful, even if they were playing you know, pretty basic you know, um, you know, slant patterns or even basic plays. I still think the Saints would be really successful. They are so talented. And then maybe you get Brandon Marshall for the next game, you know, a couple more practices for him, you know, a couple more days getting used to the team. So I think if he plays, that's going to be really strong there. And I think the offense could definitely keep up this pace. I mean, when you have a QB like Drew Brees and the way he's playing, I just don't see this offense stopping. So now onto our group by group preview. Um, you know, we're gonna go through the Saints team. We're gonna go through the Falcons team and pick which group is better. It's the same groups as in the recap. So we'll just get right into it. Quarterback. I'll take Breeze over Matt Ryan, as I said earlier. So the Saints have the edge there. Matt Ryan is having an amazing season, but I think. You know, Breeze is a step above. I think Breeze is in that MVP category with Mahomes. And then really after that, it's a step below. And then I think Ryan's been playing in that category so far. So he's been playing really good, Matt Ryan. I think you got to give him credit. But he's just not up to the caliber of Drew Breeze. So give the edge to the Saints in that position. Now on to the skill group. And looking at it, I think the Saints have the edge again. Atlanta does have good skill players. They have Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman, Calvin Ridley, those are good players, Mohamed Sanu, but I think the Saints just have like that one more skill position player that puts them over the top of the Falcons here. I mean, I'll take Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, um, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Ben Watson, who we didn't even see in the um, Eagles game, but he's obviously a force to be reckoned with. Josh Hill, Keith Kirkwood, Brandon Marshall if he plays. It's just a better group than the Falcons here, so I'll take the Saints. It's not like the Falcons are, you know, a bad skill position group. They are good, and, you know, they're going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with, you know, this short week here, but I'll take the Saints over the Falcons. A slight edge, but I think they have the edge, clearly. So, onto the O-line. I think the Saints here have a clear advantage. The Saints outclass um, Atlanta here. Atlanta has had a lot of injuries to the O-line. But to me, they're just not at the level that the Saints are right now. I'll take, you know, even with Bushrod in instead of Armstead, which is probably what's going to happen, I'm going to go with Bushrod, Andrews Pete, um, Max Unger, Larry Walford, and to round out the group, Ryan Ramchek. I'll take them over what the Falcons got, which is, you know, they have two... Um, guards on IR, so they don't have either side of their guards. I think that's going to be huge for Sean Rankins, who's been able to get pressure. And, you know, their right tackle really isn't anything to be, you know, worried about. He's pretty good, but he's not amazing. Alex Mack is a good center, but really I think they only have one. And Jake Matthews isn't bad. To me, they have a couple of good offensive linemen, but they have a lot of weak links, which will be a problem for them. So, I mean, I'll take the Saints there. Defensive line, I'll take the Saints as well, as the Saints have more sacks as a team and have a better run defense. I mean, looking at it, they don't have some bad players here, but Vic Beasley, he's had a down year, only three sacks. He did have two in last week's game, but besides that, only one sack the whole year. Tack McKinley has been good with five and a half sacks, so that, to me, that's a good two guy that they have, so that's not bad there. But really, up the middle, they got no one there with, you know, Grady Jarrett's all right, but nothing amazing. So, um, and they really needed... Um, a lot of pressure because then they signed um, Bruce Irving and you know, he 
really hasn't done much for them either. So to me, they're lackluster in the D-line. No, look, they used to be really good, and they also have Brooks Reed. They're not lackluster. I shouldn't say they're lackluster, but um, they're about average. And the Saints, maybe not even average, a little maybe even below average. And the Saints have been playing outstanding their D-line right now. They've gotten a ton of pressure, you know, between Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, you know, Alex Okafor, really good stuff between those. And stopping the run with, I mean, the Saints interior guys have just been amazing. Falcons have had a lot of trouble stopping the run. So, I mean, got to give it to the Saints there. Linebackers, to me, um, the Saints have the edge if Deion Jones doesn't play. And it looks like Deion Jones won't play, so the Saints will have the edge. With Deion Jones, maybe even a push or maybe even a little edge to the Falcons. But doesn't look like Deion Jones will be playing. He's a playmaker, a difference maker for their defense. But it doesn't look like he'll be playing there. So that's a break for the Saints. And then to the secondary, I'm going to go either Saints or a push. I think the Saints have just an edge Though, instead of a push, Atlanta is missing, you know, all their safeties with Keanu O'Neal and Ricardo Allen. Um, Casey, their third center, uh, not center, safety, excuse me, is questionable. And I'll just take the Saints secondary there. I think they're just playing at a better level. Their Saints are playing a complimentary football, especially in that back end. You know, throughout the defense, you know, they're getting pressure and the Saints are stopping them. That's what they have to do. Um, looking at Lattimore doing an amazing job on one-on-ones. Um, Eli Apple's coming to his own. P.J. Williams, as we said, has been solid. So that's a good job there. And special teams and coaching. I'm going to give it to the Saints again. Um, I'm going to give basically most categories to the Saints because they've been just really good. Sean Payton has been having like his best year coaching in a very long time. Dennis Allen's starting to find his groove. And Dan Quinn, you know, has had a little struggle with this team this year, four and six, and when they have all that talent, so that's been a problem for them. And looking at special teams, I'll take Lutz Morstead, you know, Taysom Hill, who continues to play well, you know, in that, you know, jack-of-all-trades role, and Alan Kamara on the punk game. Just good stuff there, and I think I'll take that over what they have. Matt Bryant, really good kicker, but Lutz is even kicking better than him. Matt Bosher, I think Morstead's better than him. And then, you know, Justin Hardy as their returner, nothing special there. So... Overall, I'm going to give the Saints the win, 35 to like 17, 14, maybe even more points for the Saints, but I just don't think this will be a close game. I mean, it's not pulling that way. You know, I put a lot of close games because I feel, you know, these games are going to be close, and then the Saints have just blown them out. So I feel like this is the first game where the Saints have a clear edge, and I think they'll take advantage in the Dome. They're going to defend the Dome. They look really motivated, and um, they look what they really need to do. They look like we got to be Atlanta. That's the next team, and they're very hungry to get back on the field and get another victory. They know what they want to correct. They're going to practice, have a good week of practice, an abbreviated week, but still have a good week, and then come out and then hopefully play a really good game in the Dome there. So now we'll move on to some Houdat Nation fan questions. We got a lot of questions, so this has just been a jam-packed episode, so I don't know if we'll be able to answer all of them. If we don't answer it this episode, we will answer your questions next episode. But we'll start off with our first question from Houdat132343, and he asked, how important is the three-game road stretch in the end of November going into December? And that's the three-game road stretch where we play the Cowboys, um, the Bucks, and the Panthers. This is a huge road stretch because we play two divisional opponents, and I think we should hold our own in that stretch. So, I mean, I don't think it will be that big of an issue. I think the big game there is the Panthers game, and, you know, if we can come out on top on that game, that just looks really good because you know now we're being divisional opponents but divisional games are another monster and we have still a lot to play we still 
have four divisional games to play. So, I mean, a lot of more games left to play here. Um, can't be booking anything right now, as the Saints are saying. So just take care of business in these division games. Really big games coming up in that road trip. So we'll see how the Saints do. But I think how they're playing right now, there's no reason to think why that road trip can't be very successful. I think the only game to worry about, the Panther game. But I think we have to worry about it when we get there. I don't think we can look ahead too much. So the next question is from Saints fan since 83 and he asks, what does it mean to have back-to-back -back seasons of a win streak of eight games or more? And what does that mean, really? So, I think that this means a lot. It means that longevity, really. Um, that you can win a lot of games straight, you can get on rolls, and you're really playing as a team. Because, you know, really, teams that have a lot of chemistry, they usually get on these rolls because once, you know, they play together and get on the right page, there's no stopping them. So I think that's really what we've done here. It's a good job by Sean Payton to create that locker room as the coach. He leads that. So I think that's what it means, just a cohesion among players. And I think the Saints definitely have that there. And then the next question is from HudatFan23, and, and he asks, excuse me, can the offense keep this pace up? And I think, yeah, they can. We talked about it in our storylines for the Atlanta game, so I won't get too much in it, but they're playing such good football right now. I mean, looking at it, if Drew Brees keeps this pace up, they won't be stopped. And, you know, barring anything, you know, crazy or a catastrophe, it looks like the Saints will be able to keep this up the way they've been able to run the ball. It's just getting better. So it's not like they're, you know, played really good and they're just getting a little worse, but still amazing. They're getting better throughout the weeks. And I think that's just a great trait to have. So, I mean, full f uh, speed ahead with this offense, excuse me. So don't expect a big drop off. You know, I think they could definitely keep up this pace and there's no reason why that they can't even get better. I mean, Drew Brees is talking about getting better, so why not there? So, our next question is from Hudat231310, and he asks, do you think that we can jump the Rams for the one seed, and do you think we need the one seed for the playoffs? And to me, um, I think we definitely jumped the Rams for the one seed. Um, I think we are a better team than the Rams. We're playing better than the Rams right now. We beat them, so obviously, you know, we're better at the head-to-head -head matchup. So, um, I think we do that in the second part of the question is, you know, do you think we need a number one seed? I don't think we need a number one seed, and I think we'd be fine with playing one game on the road. I think we can win one game on the road, realistically, maybe two, but I think one game is, you know, a good number there. I think we can get one against the Rams or whoever we play on the road, because um, I think our team's really good on the road, and I think, you know, running the ball, I mean, maybe we can even get multiple wins on the road. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with that, but if we can get... A couple of home games for the playoffs, I think that would be really big. And I think number one seed, if we got number one seed and the road to the playoffs goes through the dome, no one's, I don't think anyone's beating us. That's my opinion. But I just don't see any really team coming in here and beating us. Maybe teams will get close. I think the Rams will play a close game. But I just really don't see it right now. The Saints are playing some really good football, and they're playing amazing football in the dome again, which is really great to see. So, our last question is from Hudat94123, and he asks, is it time to start talking Super Bowl? And I say, yeah, you know, I mean, Super Bowl to me, I never like talking, you supervise talking one game at a time. First, let's, you know, win this game, then we clinch a playoff spot, and then so on, get the division. So, I do think that, you know, we could make the Super Bowl. I think we are a team that's built to win a Super Bowl, but so many things can happen. 
Um, just win one game at a time. I think that's what you have to look at. And I think that's for any team. You know, right now, you can be in a situation where you're 4-6 and six and you have to win out, or you're in the same situation. It's just one game at a time, and I think the players will take it like that. I mean, fans you know, may not say it's one game at a time, but it's just one game at a time, and that's what you have to take it as. Um, let's go you know, on Thanksgiving, and let's beat the Dirty Birds. So I think that's our next um, task at hand. I don't think anyone's talking or thinking Super Bowl on the Saints. So with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and haven't followed us on our various platforms, you could follow us on Twitter at the Hoot at This, on Instagram at Hoot at Discussion, on Podomatic at the Hoot at Discussion, and also you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Google Play channel, our iTunes and Spotify channels, and on those sites we are at the Hoot at Discussion. On there, please like, comment, rate, review, all that stuff's just Really good to see. Love interacting with the Houdat Nation. And um, this Houdat Nation has been great. You know, I can't say enough about this fan base. Um, You know, they've taken me in as a podcast, and I'm just so grateful for that. So thank you, Houdat Nation, again. You know, I think that we just got to look ahead to this Falcons game. Should be a really exciting game. I can't wait to see this game. I mean, these quick turnaround games. I mean, I don't think the players really like it because, um, you know, they don't get as much time to prep. But I think it's cool for the fans as we get to see the Saints in just a couple of days. So that will obviously be fun. Um, Abbreviated Saints-Falcons rivalry week. So, um, you know, maybe not as much banter will go on between, you know, our fan base and theirs. But, I mean, still have a couple of days to do that trash talk with them. So, I mean, I think Falcons are scared. I think their team is scared. I think um, the fans are scared to play us because the Saints look amazing. I think any team right now is going to be scared of us. We're playing amazing. Deion Sanders said that we are the best team in the NFL by far. So, I mean, to hear that now, commentators are starting to really jump on our bandwagon. That says another thing. But, you know, if you're a Saints fan here, you just got to look one game at a time, kind of block out the national noise, not get hyped too much, and just get a win against the Falcons. Obviously, a big win if we would get it. So, you know, just on to the next one. Think about the Falcons trying to go for 10 wins. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, prove them right, and who dat?